Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today <laughs> to put the her in pot shirt. Also a she. I could have gone with a she. We're yeah. putting the she and the her. And the her. Yeah. No, just the her today so I can use this again later. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Wow, we've uh, really been doing ourselves a disservice by double whammy. We thought we were getting extra points by. We weren't. By we were wasting points. Seriously, we were using them unnecessarily. I don't really super know what a pot shirt is, but I know you can be like a dried up one from the Psalms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is a pot Now shirt? I want to look it up. Yeah. Let's see. It's a broken piece of ceramic material, especially one found on an archaeological site. I know like Job scratched off his... That's what I thought it was. With... I think a part of me is like, how do you... Like, why am I not... Why don't I know how to spell that? It's spelled just like it sounds. Pot shirt. <laughs> how does shirt... How should shirt be spelled S-H-E-R-D. in your mind? S-H-E-R-D. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it's thought. a she and a her. Right. Pot shirt. Anyway, <laughs> now that you've learned what a pot shirt is and you've imagined someone scraping their skin with it, my name is Summer pot Yeager. Shirt. Here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And um, I've been getting emails. People, this is so random because I feel like it's been a year since you've talked about this. But people wanting me to email them your beet recipe. And what I should have done was asked you to repeat it. But what I did instead was try to go off of memory. (laughs) Very confident. I'm very confident when I answer emails. It's not. You really just put them in butter or some kind of oil and then you just roast them at 400 degrees. Put them on something nonstick, like a silpat. Or... I mean, I feel like that's pretty standard for most vegetables. Yeah. Is like Just give them a nice long or oil, roast. Salt, pepper, mm-hmm. roast it. You'll probably like it. Right. I can almost guarantee it. That yeah. You'll like it if you cook it that way. Yeah. I would even recommend eating things you don't like that. Like if you've never had a certain vegetable that way. Yeah. You might actually like that vegetable. Yeah. You just. But how long do you roast the beets for? I usually just until they're like fork tender. Start with 15 okay. minutes. Yeah. And I then stab them with 20. a fork. And I mean, you really can't. The nice thing about a beet is it's not. It's going to be hard to make it mushy. Yeah. Which you wouldn't think that's true. But it's so true. like, you know, yeah. if for anyone that doesn't. It's true. That just doesn't want it to get mushy and gross. Yeah. Um, if that's a problem for you, mushy is not like always a problem for me. Uh, it's a problem. But for me. beets are like most root vegetables are gonna be kind of hard to 
to overdo it. But yeah, salt, pepper, butter, simplest ever. I know. Best ever. Pretty universal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it's yeah. just carrots, Brussels sprouts, meat, anything. Yeah, you're going to be good. I have become a um I have become a bit of a Well, you know, I just kept seeing these people talking about how white people don't season their chicken well enough. Yeah. And I was like, what if that's true about me? What if I start seasoning my chicken like I'm not a white person? Okay. Because <laughs> they say we don't do it very well. So I started seasoning my chicken like I'm not white. And then liberally. Oh. Like the way I described it was until you can't tell the color of the food anymore. Like, you've created a new color. Yeah. You've created a crust. It's a crust, yes. You're not looking to... <laughs> yeah. It's not chicken with some herbs on it. Oh. It is herb-encrusted yes. chicken. The herbs actually come first in the name. Yeah. Started doing that and then air frying it. And yeah. everyone in my family loves me a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. So they were all right. Especially chicken. Well, first of all, have we had this conversation on Sheologians before? Hmm. If you're having, if you have a hard time with chicken, it's because you're eating chicken breasts yeah. and not chicken thighs. Obviously, they're so much harder to overcook, so much more flavorful. Yes, they're cheaper, guys. I they're exclusively cheaper. buy chicken thighs. <laughs> I can't believe that for like a decade of having to cook for people because I had a family. Yeah, I was buying chicken breasts. Yeah, it was a tragedy. Yeah, no one told me. And I would tell people, like, my chicken's always dry and gross. Help. And everybody's like, oh, just brine it or just do this. Mm -hmm. And I did everything. And it was always gross because it was chicken breast. Yeah. And someone was like, just start cooking it with chicken thighs and it'll change everything. And I was like, that sounds fake, but I will do anything. <laughs> and what? And now your family loves you more. I would never buy a chicken breast ever again. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. And if you just season your chicken better and yeah. air fry it mm -hmm. and you're going to have a great. If you if you overdo it, mm -hmm. your family will let you know. Your own taste buds will let you know. I and then you move. You from, and then you move from there. If I'm talking to you and you're a white person. <laughs> but I think over is better than under. Yeah, it definitely is. Over is better than under. Uh, but my husband was watching me. He was like, I can do this. I was making chicken last night. He was like, I can do this for you. Just tell me what you want me to do. And I was like, I just, I don't think you'll season it. And he was like, well, just tell me. And I was like, season it until you can't see the color of the chicken anymore. <laughs> and he was like, that seems like a lot. And I was like, you've never complained. <laughs> I know it seems like a lot, but we've had it all Some wrong. Some of it falls off. A, a lot of it falls off, yeah. But most of it. But most gets of it sticks. <laughs> and beautifully crisped onto the. It's delicious. The chicken. Yeah, I cannot believe how much of my adult life I have under seasoned food. It's upsetting. I was making food last night, and I just was realizing, like, as I was making this pasta, like, you have to season pasta too. Oh yeah. I've Everything. Why? As you go. See, just more and more. Just yep. you think you did enough, you mm -hmm. didn't. Yeah. And just all the horrible meals I could have saved myself. If I had just seasoned 
like I meant. Well, we're it. we're in a new era. We're in the seasoned seasoned season. Yeah. Oh yes. Seasoning season. We are in that season for me now. So. Which yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if that's not like we always say, we should avoid being like boring. Yeah. But if you grow up in a house that was a little food boring or Under maybe season. just or maybe just not adventurous, maybe oh. just very routined, mm-hmm. then yeah, you, you just might have you be practiced in yeah, in that flavor in Flavortown. I'm just so open now. I put Dijon mustard in my pasta last night because the recipe called for it. And I was like, and it was so good. Do you know what else? Um mustard makes taste even better which technically it's not technically it's not mustard it's the like the whole stone ground mustard Mm -hmm. seeds Mm -hmm. if you make your mashed potatoes with like delicious uh you know butter and cream and some thyme yeah um put a little spoonful of whole mustard seed that's like you know all marinated in the stuff that sounds amazing it just you would think like for anyone out there that's thinking they taste like mustard, it doesn't. It doesn't. Ta- it doesn't make it taste like mustard. No, it doesn't. It just like it elevates the other flavors that are in that the was kind potatoes. Of, the pasta had some of those. It was like parsley, thyme, mm-hmm. butter, cream, and then it was like just a punch. It was like a tablespoon of Dijon. Just pairs in. well enough to where it accentuates the other flavors. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. I don't even like mustard. You do Although, know. So I will say that 32, 33 week pregnant me around 11 p.m. every night requires a sandwich. (laughs) I don't know what happens, but like 11 p.m. rolls around and your girl's ready for a sandwich. (laughs) I'm not a sandwich person. Okay. Here's how weird it is. I'm not a, I like, it's not that I have anything against sandwiches, but it's like never my first. Right. Choice. But 11 p.m. rolls around and I can think of nothing but a sandwich. <laughs> but here's what's even weirder. You like try to go to bed and you're just having like a like sandwich. a commercial style dream. Yeah, I can just, and it's ta- just like, I can taste it. Like slow panning images <laughs> yes, of a perfectly made sandwich. <laughs> yes. Infiltrating your dreams. That's all I can think about. <laughs> so, but here's what's even weirder is I don't like pickles. Uh-huh. And I don't like mustard. Okay. And what I want is a salami sandwich with pickles and mustard. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It's delicious. I also put mayo and cheese on it. Uh-huh. But and then I toast it. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I mean and, and and as I'm eating it, I'm excited and grossed out because I don't like pickles and mustard. But all those salami, anything that's like cured and then anything from it's, it's like, and then pickled and all those things just taste so good together. Oh, even better. So you've got all these like sour, tangy, vinegary components. That sounds wonderful. I don't even like, I hate it. Sounds wonderful. The only thing I would change is I would personally put olives on it as well. See, and I hate olives, but but I might. Maybe you should try. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. You're gonna have ransom here pretty soon. When they're listening to this episode, will you have already had ransom though? Oh yeah, ransom will be like two months old. <laughs> so what we'll do is at some point we'll give you an update as yeah. to what sandwich. 
I won't be eating sandwiches at 11 p.m. anymore. Like I won't even I won't even relate. Like I'll go back to not liking mustard and hating mustard. Except for sometimes I think those things stick around. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe. Although, just kidding. I'm. I will definitely be up and eating all throughout the night. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. That's yeah. just what. That's what we'll I'll be doing. Just have to see if it's. Yeah, I, I, I won't be making sandwiches. <laughs> It'll be like whatever's in my little cart next to me, like right. whatever protein bar I right. grab. I remember with Clementine, she just never slept ever for any reason, ever, and so I would, I would plan like it would be like nine o'clock at night, and I'd be like, okay, so for the next eight hours. I'm going to be nursing and I'm going to be awake and what am I going to want to eat? And I would like bring like yeah. a oh, basket yeah. of food because, and I, so I'd like bring an apple and a banana and like things that were already packaged and just be up all night, you know? So that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> but I don't think I'll like be leaving out sandwiches for myself. You're not going to, you're not going to pre make yourself a sandwich. I don't know what my Maybe. midnight and 1am and 2am and 3am snacks are going to be, but I mean, I'm sure every once in a while you're going to be laying there thinking about a sandwich. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't like, I'm not a sandwich person. It's weird. But yeah, I mean, if you're up at 11 o'clock at night, just know I'm probably eating a sandwich. <laughs> I wonder what Summer's doing. She's eating a sandwich. Ask, first, you have to ask your Google, what time is it? What time is it? In, in Mesa, Arizona. Uh-huh. If it's if 11. It's 11. <laughs> I mean, a sandwich. That's you know, just what's happening. It's kind of like your version of, you know, when like a, a father has to leave his family and he's like, if you go out at 10 o'clock yeah. every night and look at the moon, at the just moon. know that I'm also looking at the same moon as you. And it's like we're together. So sandwich party at a 11 o'clock party, tonight, guys. y'all. It is the best time to eat a sandwich in my opinion. <laughs> it's the only time to eat a sandwich. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Join us in the Sheilogens Book Club. We meet on Wednesdays from 1.30 to 2.30. That happens at patreon.com slash And let's see, at this point, uh, now we're for sure still in the book you picked. Okay. Which we can talk about now, but... <laughs> we haven't read it yet either. <laughs> Feel free to join. Um, I mean, I already know it's going to be. It's going to be great. It is. We've had people join in the middle of book clubs, and you're free to do that. You can read the book at your own pace. You could do an older book. (laughs) So, like, if we've already read a book that you want to do, all of the discussions and everything is available. That's all at Patreon.com/slash Theologians. And okay, it's story time. Yeah, who's which of us is going first? Yeah, I don't. I'm. Hopefully we're both ready. Yeah, I am. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready. We are. I was gonna say I'm ready, but like that should be it obvious. Presupposed, since we're sitting here at the table and you're not like sweating. Yeah. Like, how am I gonna pull this off? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. Um. So this is the first story time that I I've I've set up a little differently for myself. So we'll see. Let's let's have you go. Then. Okay, we'll see how it goes. I um. My notes are just a series of like prompts because I know the story so well. Oh, okay. but I was like, those let's are, see. Those are always fun ones for let's sure. Let's see how this goes. And um, you will know this story. I know that. Oh, okay. 
I mean, I am 99% sure you absolutely know this story. You might know mine, but okay. it's still fun. Cause yeah, it's still fun. No, this is a fun story. I feel like of as much into this kind of thing I am. Yeah. You just can't commit all the details to memory. And no, Mm-mm. you did. It's no, we Mm-mm. like a refresh. Yes. Um, this is definitely uh, one of the more famous. This was one of the first internet viral true crime stories that there was. I should say sh- social media viral true crime stories that there was. Okay. And so it was kind of like it kicked off something for me because I was 24 and it was really the beginning of being interested in any of that kind of thing. And it was the first time the Internet really came together to try to solve a case. Okay. Um, and I am going to huh. be talking about the... Cecil Hotel. Oh. And the Elisa Lamb case. Okay. Okay. Yes. So if you've never heard of the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> All right. So we are in downtown Los Angeles in Skid Row. The most pleasant of places. <laughs> so pleasant. If you don't know what Skid Row is, it's about 54 blocks uh, in downtown LA that the government of California has decided will be a pretty much designated war zone. I can't even imagine how it is now, too. Like, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Um, It's literally cordoned off. It is uh, where the homeless people live Mm -hmm. just on the street. Think tent city. Yep. Um, Prostitution. Bad. Drugs. Prostitution. And it's it's that's where like all the missions are so like you can get food um and the government has actually required that all businesses down there basically accommodate for this so the hotel cecil was built in the early 1900s back when this was just like downtown la yeah it was not quite like this yet back when prostitution was still considered wrong yes (laughs) Back then. Oh, Um, those days. I know. (laughs) They're long gone. But back then, even then, it was a tourist hotel. And what I mean by that is it was close to trains and all kinds of basically like if you were going to come tour L.A., which you wanted to do in the early 1900s because it was the biggest boom town we'd ever seen. The speed at which Los Angeles was growing had like never been seen before. It's kind of hard. I think it is kind of hard to imagine what it would be like without the whole like golden era of mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yes. But this is before this that. Is before that. Like it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. Interesting. So Very the hotel is I mean it's gorgeous. If you imagine it, well, it was gorgeous. <laughs> If you imagine it, you definitely imagine some of that like very early 1900s vibe. It's brick. It has 700 rooms. Wow. Which is a lot of rooms. Yeah. They are not spacious rooms. Not all of them have bathrooms, but it has 700 rooms. Um, And basically because of where it's located and because especially of the depression and just what happened in downtown LA um, within the first 20 years it was built. The Hotel Cecil has been known as being a very dangerous place for the last 100 years. Um, 
it's always attracted people coming in and out. So you have the factor of people aren't staying there for a long time. Um, as early as the 1920s, people started using it as a place to kill themselves, jumping from because it's tall. There's lots of buildings they would jump because um, they wouldn't be found. You know, it was just it was one of those tourist hotels where very quickly anything goes. Yeah. Now, as <laughs> oh, and then there's I started mentioning this. There's a government program that requires that's in place now um, because of where it is in Skid Row that people can basically live there as tenants. Oh, okay. And you, the hotel management can't do anything about that. And so all of the businesses in those 50, I think it's 54 or 56 blocks of Skid Row, they all have to accommodate for the homeless people that live there in some way or another. And so one of the ways the hotels have to accommodate for it is if somebody wants to live there long term and spend like 400 bucks a month to live there, they have to let them live there as a tenant. Yeah, that's a law. Anyway. All right. So that's the Hotel Cecil. Wow. Um, <clears throat> it does make you feel a little grateful for things like Yelp and Google reviews. And <laughs> mm. I'm going to tell you how the Hotel Cecil gets around that in just a minute. Ooh. Because they had to to survive. And that's right. a part of the story. So, um, you mean they couldn't survive off of non paying long term tenants? No, they as couldn't. A hotel? No. Un- it's unbelievable, isn't it? Can't think of anywhere I'd want to live long term that didn't have its own bathroom. I know. I know. But the conditions are so bad in this hotel. Um, so f- here's, here's how bad. You know, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez? Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So one of the, his, Richard Ramirez, this story is not about him, but he's one of the most notorious serial killers in American history for a reason. And the Hotel Cecil was his home when he was. And he fit right in. He Exactly. <laughs> there are stories of him coming back. He would go around in the surrounding area up to an hour away and commit these gruesome murders and come back to the Hotel Cecil covered in blood. He would strip down to his underwear. He's still covered in blood and just walk up the stairs to his room and no one bat an eye. That is how dangerous the Hotel Cecil is, is that that was not, this was in the summer of 1985. No one, it wasn't weird. To any, it didn't set off any alarm bells to anyone that something was up with this guy. That, and like after he was like, it was found out that it was him and people were telling these stories. No, Just nobody could believe like that's what it's like at the Hotel Cecil, that that is a normal sight. Horrifying place. Horrifying place. Yeah. So. Agreed. <laughs> yes. So, um, Elisa Lamb, we're going to talk about her. So, she was a 21-year-old college student from Vancouver. Her parents had immigrated here from Hong Kong. And, um, you know, she was one of those very prolific Tumblr users in its heyday. Oh, yeah. You can actually go visit her Tumblr and read all of her uh, writings. And what you can tell is that she wanted to travel and she really wanted to visit California. 
Um, I never figured out Tumblr in its heyday. Like, I could never understand. Like, I didn't get it. Like, I just, it wasn't yeah, it was something. Not a big Tumblr. It wasn't the social, my social media yeah. site, but she used it like a journal. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, it brings up questions about how much is appropriate to share on the internet. Uh huh. Kind of. Um, I don't know. Like it, it was, it was really her journal, and yeah. there was a lot there. Um, so we know from her Tumblr. Well, and perhaps it was one of those things where she's like, this is just for me. Nobody will ever see this. And then that she didn't realize she was going to be a part. garner so much attention. Yeah. Yeah. So she was 21 and she decided that she was going to save up money and she was going to travel California. And she had this whole, I think it was five days planned out that she was going to be in Los Angeles. And where does she end up? Well, she ends up booking at the Hotel Cecil. Although the thing to know about this is that she did not book at the Hotel Cecil. She What happened was the Hotel Cecil, known for being an extremely dangerous place, got new owners in 2007. Oh, I think I did know this. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And in order to, because they couldn't, because they had like three to 400 tenants living there who were basically paying nothing and destroying the place um, because a vast majority of them are drug users yeah. or they're mentally ill and don't have not received any help. Yeah. Um, the new owners decided they were going to create essentially a separate hotel within the hotel. Okay. So what they decided to do is they create a hotel within the hotel called the Stay on Main. And everything that they did was going to market this towards young, hip travelers from the colors that they use, this, this, and that. And they really did figure out a way to kind of separate the hotel from the hotel. They created a new lobby that was completely separate. So if you were going into the stay on main, that was a different entrance, a different looking lobby. And then there were a total of three floors that were dedicated to the stay on main. Okay. So if you're staying in the but stay they on were main, like mixed in. So the, th- well, the three floors were in the building, obviously, but were they like, was it like lobby one, two, three? Or no. Was it like lobby? It was like space? lobby, a couple floors, and then three floors of stay on main, and then the rest belonged to the Cecil. Would have probably been a little smarter to like keep it. You would think. <laughs> well, what they couldn't not what they couldn't change was that the elevators were still shared. Right. Yeah. So you'd essentially be, you know, thinking you're coming to this like young, hip, cool hotel. And you're on the elevator with somebody who's like literally peeing in the corner because that's normal there type of thing. Um, So anyway, so she goes online and the stay on main because they had they had a different staff, the staff dress, the whole thing, everything except for the elevators and the fact that it was the same building is was completely different because they were trying to get a different kind of client in order to survive. They charged a little bit more, but the accommodations were also nicer. Right. Things like that. So she goes to stay the stay on main and they had hostel type of rooms. So meaning you could just rent like a bunk bed out of. Which also applies 
uh, or appeals to young people because there's it's usually more affordable than like yes a whole hotel room yes so she goes to stay on the stand main she is she her parents let her go on the condition that she call every day and just check in now yes she's 21 but she's a young lady traveling alone like her parents want to hear from her every day yeah. totally reasonable well, she stops calling and they know something's wrong because it's not like her. And they file a missing persons report, which the city of L.A. accepted and sent a bunch of, I mean, I think they originally sent like something like 20 detectives over there because everyone in L.A. knows what happens at the Cecil Hotel. Right. And she has disappeared without a trace. All of her stuff is left in her room and no one can explain What's going on? No one has there. There's nothing. There's nothing. Her wallet is still in her room. Like there's nothing to indicate that a crime has happened. But she she has completely disappeared. Other than the fact that, yeah, she's not. There no trace she, of her. And she should be there. Yeah. It's it, been days. It's been days yeah. at this point. So she disappears around January 28th. She misses her checkout. Okay. Um, you know, not unusual. And what hotel staff does is basically just gathers your belongings and puts it in a room, keeps it for 30 days. That's like standard in most hotels. And uh, they start investigating. Um, and then one of the major problems they run into is that this is a really large building. And so when it's time to review footage, because they have cameras, okay, like they have thousands and thousands of hours to reveal. And yeah. it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. And also the cameras apparently were in like really bad places. Like just not ideal. There aren't cameras well, on every floor. I have to imagine if you are asked to accommodate a certain type of clientele that is doing certain things. You like, yeah, you kind of are also not going to be required to abide have by... the tightest security right <laughs> yeah the the i was listening to this interview the manager gave at the time and she said that she probably dealt with about 80 deaths a year she worked she was the manager for 10 years from 2007 to 2017 and it, it was an average of like 80 deaths um, that seems like far, far too many. I would think one <laughs> per year would be shocking. Suicides, murders, Man. overdoses. I mean, just the there was a cop who said that they they received three calls a day from wow. the Cecil Hotel. That was the average. You would have a minimum, wow. or I'm sorry, an average of three calls a day. That's what this place was like. Okay. So finally they scour, they scour the footage and they find, they finally see her. Mm -hmm. And it is a, have you seen the video? Yeah. The elevator video. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's horrifying. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's for a lot of people, it's the extent of what they know about this case because this these videos just make have made the rounds. It was the first. It was really one of the first viral videos mm -hmm. in a time when vi this is this is 2013. Viral videos were new. YouTube yeah. was really becoming its own platform at this time. Yeah. And when they finally decided to share the video to see if anybody had any information, um, 
yeah, it it absolutely blew up. I mean, millions and millions of views, and it became international news. Now, the reason that there's several reasons why the video was so interesting, and the first was just that her behavior was very odd. She walks into the elevator, and then she presses every button down the middle in a line, just like stands there very calmly, presses every button down the middle, which is kind of a strange thing to do mm-hmm. as an adult. Like, yep. I know kids like to get on elevators and just like right. punch the buttons, but she's 21. So after she punches all the buttons down the middle, she stands awkwardly in the corner and is just staring out of the elevator at first. Um, and then she starts doing these weird, she like steps, she she peeks her head out of the elevator mm-hmm. And back in and out and back in. And then she does this like weird box step. Yeah. Out of the elevator and then back in. And the elevator door never closes. Mm-hmm. At um and it which is weird. Yeah. Um and then she actually steps out of the elevator and s- does these hand movements yeah. that are just really weird. They're not super human like. No. Like they there's something like if you're talking with your hands, right. this is yeah. not how you would move them. They're not the your average gestures. No. Very very odd, very strange. And so eventually, enough people this goes so viral that really kind of the web sleuths are born, yeah. you know, the the people on the internet that have occasionally solved murders and crimes yeah. and mm-hmm. missing persons cases. This really becomes kind of their baby. What's going on in this video? And so a couple things happen. First, they notice that the timestamp doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The timestamp actually indicates, well, first of all, it looked, it was almost unreadable or damaged. And some people were convinced that the time had been slowed down. So some of those hand movements that you described as like yeah. not normal, some of some people were like, if you just sped them up, they wouldn't be weird. Okay. So there was some thoughts that it had been slowed down, but what the wealth of people on the internet were able to pretty credibly ascertain was that there's about 54 seconds missing from the video. If you look at the timestamp, how it jumps, and how it's been garbled, and the fact that eventually once the elevator door started to close it jumped as well. Like you don't, you don't ever see the elevator door just start to close. It like goes from being open to about six inches closed Mm -hmm. and then it slides the rest of the way. Um, They can pretty credibly say there's almost an entire minute missing from the video. And a big thing that people, many people believe is that she was talking to somebody who was outside of the elevator who was just never on camera, Mm -hmm. maybe because they knew where the camera was and we'll come back to that um so we they find the video they still haven't found her all they know is she's disappeared um the police eventually put the video out there for the public to say like can anybody tell us anything about this um and about 19 days after she went missing so we're we're in the middle of february at this point um they started having water problems in the hotel 
um, water pressure problems. Like you'd turn on the faucet. It's not coming out very hard. The water color was like Mm -hmm. turning brown and weird. So they have these water pressure problems and they have maintenance. So there, there are four water tanks on the roof of the building. And so they have maintenance go check them out, which is when her body was found because her body was inside one of the four water tanks. This is weird for so many reasons. Um, One of the very weird things was that there was no physical evidence found, meaning there was no signs of any struggle. There was no blood. There were no fingerprints. There was no there was no nothing to indicate on the water tank or around the water tank or in her body. That, that anything like distressing had happened? That, yeah, it was just like she's dead and she's in here and nothing there's no other story on the roof. Wasn't her stuff like something like her stuff in there with her or her clothes or so, like almost as if someone had She was found naked. put it in like they would have had to put it in after I guess unless she took her clothes off in the tank. Yes. Or something. So her clothes were at the bottom of the tank, not on her. And that's it. That's it. One of the weird things that makes it difficult to explain is that the basically the tank has a a hatch on it, but no hinge. Right. And the hatch is about 20 pounds. And the hatch was closed, according to the maintenance worker, when he got there. And there's no way once she had fallen in that she would have been able to close it. Yeah. But also there were no fingerprints on it. Right. So it's like, was the hatch closed? Was that true? Was it? Right. I don't know. So essentially what happened immediately was it became a huge circus. I mean, all these YouTubers... The web sleuths, they start showing up and they start wanting to make content for their YouTube videos. Well, because it didn't, didn't some people take on, there were different angles, but some people took on like a sort of supernatural haunted. Yes. Which is huge. Yes. uh, Especially at the time, huge on YouTube. Yes. (laughs) Well, and you, and then you had, what didn't help that was the elevator video. Right. Which if you watch it. And you you think the explanation is going to be supernatural. Yeah. Like, you. Yes. if that's what you think is going on, mm-hmm. the video is going to help you in that yes. belief. Yes. Because of how weird. <laughs> but just because of how strange it is. Yeah. Um, it, that's absolutely what's going to happen. Um, so it became just this media circus. Not only was the news all over it, but people are showing up and they're wanting to make YouTube content. And the web sleuths are showing up because they want to solve the case. And what they start doing, which I thought was really interesting, was investigating how could Lisa, Elisa have gotten to the roof in the first place. Now, there's two ways to the roof. One of them seems credible, which is... They had search dogs come sniff the place out. And at the one time a dog caught her scent, he followed it from the elevator on the floor that she was staying on. Not the weird elevator floor, but the floor she was staying on. The dog followed the elevator to the window where she could have taken the fire escape up to the roof. And 
gotten to the roof from the fire escape. Mm -hmm. Now, is it possible? Yes. The vast majority of the fire escape on the outside of this building is just like climbing stairs. However, the last 20 feet of it is a ladder that if you fell off of, you would plummet to your death because there's nothing there. Like climbing that ladder would be a mental feat because mm-hmm. of how high up you are. You wouldn't and you're do not... it unless you needed to for some reason or like. Something would have to compel you okay. up this ladder. Okay. It is a long climb on a ladder going straight up and down at the very top of a large building and there is nothing around it. It's just you in the air. So did the scent dog follow her to the window where she could have gotten to the fire escape? Yeah. Is it, would that have been easy? No. Was she just looking out her window? Right. Could she have just looked out the window? (laughs) Like, okay, there's that. Um, The other there's 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 an interesting discrepancy here, which if you follow this trail, you end up with a conspiracy theory and some conspiracy theories are true. So, OK. Um, but basically, the hotel staff said that that ladder would have been the only way she could have gotten there. But there is a doorway that from the inside right. that goes up. Ha- of course, if there's stuff up there that needs to be maintained. Yes, the maintenance not- man. The maintenance guy walks through someone's apartment yeah. and and climbs up the fire escape <laughs> to get to the right. roof. No. no. <laughs> Bill, the, according to the hotel staff, in order to take that door to the roof, number one, you have to have a key. Okay. Otherwise, number two, an alarm goes off. And that alarm... At al- the Cecil Hotel? At the Cecil Hotel. So... There, the, the manager that was doing this interview, the lady who was there for a decade, you know, she was just like, there's no way because we would have been notified the second it happened because of the alarm. You know, stuff goes off in the lobby when that door is opened, especially like you can you can't open it without a key. And okay. so she's saying like that can't happen. Well, the YouTubers who went walked right on up the stairs and out that door. I think I think I've seen that video. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I can kind of imagine it in my head. Right on up the stairs, right out the door, onto the roof, where they- Which is what you would expect from a hotel Fra- like From this. the Cecil Hotel, <laughs> where there is evidence that people come up here and hang out. There's cigarette butts, there's beer cans, there's trash, there's graffiti. People go up there. And I highly doubt that they're all climbing the ladder, especially drunk or impaired or like you're going to fall and die if you do that. Um, And so that's a pretty major discrepancy. And it's something that the hotel sticks by to this day. People, you cannot go up there unless you have a key alarm to do. But the evidence is people go up there all the time. So this is at least a certain population goes up there. Right. Even if it's one person. I mean, doesn't that help you narrow down your prime suspect? You would think. Especially if it's just one person. (laughs) If if the only someone with a key. If yeah, if the hotel's insisting the only people that can go up here have a key, then what they're telling you is the only way she could have gotten up there is we did it. One of us. Yeah. So the alarm did go off when I <laughs> when I opened the door. 
Right. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm just <laughs> right. I'm right. That. I'm just. <laughs> she obviously went up the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> the it, the perilous ladder at the top of the building. Anyway. um, So finally, there's a couple of things to note. The autopsy came back and what the autopsy revealed was that she was on a cocktail of medications. Um, she was on an antidepressant. She was on a mood stabler- stabilizer, I think two of them, and on an antipsychotic because she had diagnosed bipolar. And not only was she on a cocktail of these medications, which I think are far more intense than we ever acknowledge. Seriously, especially multiple at a time. Like four at a time. Not only that, um, she had not been, she had been undertaking them. There should have been more in her system than there was, and they were able to confirm by going through her belongings that she had not been taking. She probably felt horrible taking all of them. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I can't imagine that would be a reprieve from what she was feeling. No. I, but obviously I didn't, I don't know, d- didn't right. have that right. exact experience. So so she was not completely off of her medication, but she was off of her medication. Yeah. And I, and some of them would be hallucinate, there were hallucinogens. Like if you're coming off of them. Right. You would absolutely hallucinate. Yeah, we don't. It would. I don't think it's a good thing for her to take that much medication to begin with, but mm-hmm. definitely not good to just suddenly decide to not take them. Yes, especially out of the country, away, alone, Man, yeah. in, in a place like that. Yeah. So we know we knew that much, which brought an element of was she suicidal? Yeah. Was she? you know, coming off this medication and she just wasn't okay. Would coming off this medication and hallucinating make you think you needed to escape up the fire escape in a way and hide? And, you know, it still doesn't answer how, why she didn't have any clothes on. It doesn't answer how the water tank lid was closed. Yeah. But we're talking about the hotel Cecil here. A lot of people are hallucinating. Yeah. A lot of people are losing it. This is not uncommon. Well, and then other people are showing up there to take advantage of yes. those who are clearly vulnerable. If someone's an- like actively hallucinating or psychotic, like that's a vulnerable person that yes, uh, that happens to simultaneously l- coexist with the type of person that will take advantage of yeah. anyone they possibly can. Yes, and it wasn't just the elevator video where she was acting weird. She had also been acting so weird in the stay on main hotel. Okay. I use that word lightly. Yeah. That her roommates had complained of her odd behavior and management had actually given her her own room. That's how weird her behavior had been was that their solution was to just give her her own room because her behavior was so strange and so odd that everyone sharing a room with her had complained about it. Is there any records of her parents like picking up on any weirdness when she was checking in I, they've I mean, been I, very quiet okay you know they're immigrants from hong kong this was very scarring for them well and i could understand too just based off of that not that i know everything about <laughs> chinese culture but i would right. imagine that there would be i think there's always a little pressure 
to when you're talking to your parents to maybe yeah. not. So if something was Amiss. going on or, and she even knew she, pro- I don't know, there would have been, she probably would have felt some pressure to pretend like everything was okay. Right. She wouldn't want to worry them. Things like that. Yeah. But she also, so she had also attended, like I said, could not find out where, what show this was, but it's pretty indisputable this story. She had attended okay. a live taping. She's in Los Angeles. Of course. Yeah. It she wanted like to go a to a live thing. taping yeah. of a show, be in an audience. Mm-hmm. So she goes to this live taping of a show. And according to the police, they have the letter. She wrote this long, rambling letter to the host of the show. And then, like, loudly insisted that it be given to the host of the show, like, during the show, to the point where they thought she was a security threat and they kicked her out. Wow. And it was weird notes that she'd been leaving on her roommate's beds, which is why they moved her. So, like, she, she had a penchant for, like, she started, like, writing these, like, rambling, weird notes and passing them out and it was just like really weird behavior like it was it was so odd that she got kicked out of that live taping wow so in her own room and her own so basically everywhere she'd been <laughs> she'd gotten kicked out <laughs> wow um because her behavior was so erratic which the police believe you know was obviously explained by whatever was going on with her medication right um so all of that to say we still don't know how she ended up right. in the tank. We still don't know what happened. This case has been covered by just every podcast yeah. and YouTuber and whatever on true. It, it really was one of the first viral cases that like brought together a community of people who wanted to solve it. And she kind of has turned into this like, I don't know, you know. We're so big on talking about like mental health these days. Yeah. And she's kind of become the darling for like people that want to talk about the importance of mental health and medication. And, you know, I think that it's I think that that's weird just in that. Wouldn't this be a story of that going wrong? Well, and we just. You can you can hope for whatever moral of the story you want, but if you just didn't know what happened, we don't, know. we just, and that it's so crazy stories like this. Cause it could be something as simple as a discrepancy of the water tank being open. Right. And that would change completely how you'd think right. about what happened. And, right. but it's so hard um, when those little details get mixed Muddled. up or, yeah. and then, you I don't think don't we're ever going to know. Yeah. I think the only way we'll ever know is if there's a confession, if somebody right. really did do it and for whatever reason they confess. Um, and if it was just a matter of her really hallucinating and going crazy and making her way to the roof and climbing into the water tank and not being able to get out. I, th- even that is just not a great explanation. Why weren't her clothes yeah. on? Yeah. What about the lid? It's just it's a sad it's a sad story and it just it also seems like a cautionary tale for me when I hear women talking about wanting to travel alone. Yeah. I'm just like in what in in why? Well, <laughs> why? And I think it's just there's sort of a overall topic here which is that 
this disagreement over whether or not women are actually vulnerable. Yeah. And we actually are. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean we're... I mean, some women are really strong. Some women carry guns. Some women, Not all of us are weak. Not all of us are going to Skid Row. <laughs> right. On our trips. Um, but we are... You're, you start out vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then if you add in certain factors like where you stay, hallucination, you just can you can get more vulnerable more, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. And then and being she wasn't from the United States. Right. And she had She's this in a foreign country. She had this view of you have this view of L.A. and Hollywood. Like even when <laughs> even for people that mm-hmm. just go to visit. Mm hmm. Um, and then when you, like, if you go and you're a kid and you're kind of, it's like cool and all these old stars and my mom was into old movies and stuff. So I always thought it was cool. And then you go as as an adult and you're like, this area is rough. Rough. Like there's a reason my mom brought me here in broad daylight with all the other tourists. Yes. (laughs) Like, like a good mom. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it is not the kind of place everybody... Everybody in general is very, it has very nice areas. Yeah. And then then it has, it has war zones that the police cordon off and talk about just, this was the worst time of my life when I had to work in this area. Like it was that rough. Um, So yeah, I, the Elisa Lamb case, you know, I feel like if you're about 10 years older than me, the case you really want solved is the John Bonet case and I feel like yeah. Elisa Lamb is ours it's like what happened to this girl right. what happened here somebody knows yeah um someone someone knows someone saw something and they might not know what they saw but in a place like that where Richard Ramirez was comfortable how could you possibly well yeah there's, ever so, know? there's so many questions just about security footage it's like oh that's the last footage we have of her at all and it's altered right at all and it's altered and she wasn't already on the it's like what else could there have been right that we never yeah yeah it just seems it's those well that's what you would hope that that's what like a detective would do is they would look at those missing pieces of information and they would mm-hmm. in order to yeah. come up with an explanation you have yeah. to you have to solve those leads right but when there is no solving the leads right what is that we just can't well eventually no. the coroner's office they ruled her death an accidental drowning yeah um and they listed her bipolar disorder as a significant contributing condition okay so that's kind of the police have landed on that. Okay. And that's kind of the official story. It's the probably the most explainable. Obviously, there's With some things a lot that of are not yeah. In that. <laughs> With things that are not explainable. Um because again, she could not have closed herself in there. Well, and I just don't she like if you're hallucinating, how do you know? That, that like what would compel you to think the roof that you can't get to is a good place to go like in then in a water tower like you don't that you didn't even know is up there like i don't know where i'm right. not like when i get to a hotel i'm not like okay time to find out where <laughs> what's all on the water's roof coming from <laughs> what's on the roof 
Yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm going to wash my hands. And right. I don't think about that. Oh, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, people were drinking that water. Yeah. That was the that that was another, I think, uh, thing that made it uh, kind of stand out for people was there were a few little details like that. Like yeah. she had been in there and people were using the water that was bathing in the, in the water, drinking the water, and washing just, with the water. Yeah, just an extra component of just yeah. disturbing and weird and and no one's ever been arrested or looked into as a result of her case and and we'll never know i'm waiting for a confession yeah. <laughs> i'm just waiting for one well so i'm so that's your that's what you think i agree with you i do think that um I, like, I don't think there was a long plot to get her. No. But mm-hmm. I think that someone saw an opportunity and yeah. they, to, yeah. I don't she, know what they got out of it. No. Um, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of things they could have gotten out of it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my 10 cents. I think that. Very... I feel like she really appears to be interacting with someone in the. It elevator, it really but... feels like she's interacting with somebody. It looks like she's going crazy. Yeah. And she's interacting. And I understand because the person is, there's no person that's ever on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's it's really weird and creepy. But and because yeah. she's being erratic, it, it looks like she's capable of seeing something that's not there. Right. But we don't actually know. Right. We don't that know. that was happening. No. So, yeah, I don't think she... I, I don't think she made it up to the roof on her own. Mm-mm. I agree. So that's the story of Elisa Lamb. I never know how to um, bring right. it up. And those. After <laughs> other than just poor girl. and Poor Elisa Lamb. Poor her parents. I mean, I just what even do you do with that? Um, I don't know. But... Yeah, that's that's her story. That's um I should probably stop doing unsolved mysteries. I keep doing unsolved. I know. We've picked mysteries a few times and it's like all the ones that like stick with me. Yeah. All the ones that like stick with me, it's because they're unsolved and I want them to be solved. Right, right. But next time you hear us tell a story, we'll do like best justice true crime. Yeah. Yes. These were the most justice done. Are you ready for the most satisfying ending to this story? Because that's what I'm going to Spoiler alert. The bad guy gets caught. He gets sentenced to jail or death. Yay. (laughs) Justice was served. Okay. Anyway, you can leave us your- Well, that was a pleasure. Elisa Lamb. I learned new things. Did you? Okay, great. You can leave your um, Elisa Lamb theories at 470-465-0475. And I'm excited to hear your story next week. Yay. It's Is it also unsolved? It is. Oh, come back next week <laughs> for some more mystery. <laughs> yeah. Bye.